Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. That was Sam and Dave and their multi-platinum hit, Soul Man. In case you didn't know, it was written by Isaac Hayes and David Porter, and it hit number two on the pop charts way back in 1967. I wasn't even born yet. In... <laughs> oh, oh. Um, in 2019, Soul Man was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry as culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress. It's been covered by the Blues Brothers. I think I, I know that version. Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. Tom Jones, how many of you heard that one? <laughs> and then Vegan Baby J, uh, I, I'm not familiar with that one. Um, and then um, Ramsey Lewis, Billy Vera, and Judy Clay, and former Disney stars Drake Bell and Josh Peck. How many of you are Disney fans? Do you remember Drake and Josh? Yeah. I know one of them over here for sure. Well, I want to continue what we've been doing for these last several weeks. And I'm wondering if anyone has a testimony of maybe a risk that you took or just something that the Lord has done in the last few weeks since we maybe, or last few days since we've been together. Does anybody have a testimony or something you'd like to share? Beth? Oh, that's awesome. Where, where's the mic? Thank you, Kenny. Praise report is a testimony, so that's good stuff. Well, I know. It's coming. It's coming. I know everyone has been praying for my nephew, Michael Trainer, for the liver transplant. And if you remember, a year ago he got a liver, but it didn't work. Well, on New Year's Eve, he got another liver, and it worked this time. And he is going to be 56 years old uh, in April, and he has not wanted anyone to contact him or have any, anything to do with prayer through all this. At least that's how it started out. Well... My daughter was on her way to our house yesterday to celebrate her birthday, and he called her. He's out of the hospital and in a recovery uh, place where he has to go for six weeks. And he called her and said, you know, I told you a year and a half ago that I wouldn't call you until I had good news. And I have good news. 
Oh, I think the battery died. Okay, I'll talk loud. He said, first of all, yeah. yep. the liver works, but the second thing is my life has changed. And he said, um, I don't remember all the exact words that my daughter said, but in essence, he became a Christian through all of this. He's never gone to church. He's never wanted anything to do with that religion stuff. And my daughter said it was amazing, the change in him, just in talking with him and how different he is now. And she said, Michael, you're different. And he said, yeah. He said, I'm looking forward to life now, and I'm excited. So I, I'm excited about what the future holds. So I just that's just a huge praise report in that family. So. Praise God. Anybody else? You have a have a testimony. This is good stuff. Well, risks are good too. Yeah. Do you have a risk? Yeah, there's a guy. Uh, y'all know that sometimes I work in the, in the hospital in Bryan. Sometimes I work in the hospital in Bryan, mm-hmm. and uh, I almost didn't make it there on what was it Thursday, but there was a guy who had been. Uh, injured after breaking up a fight, he got shot, and uh, and just as I was about to leave the room, just got that tap to to pray with him, and he was and you know it's even though um, the Brian uh, St. Joe's is a Catholic hospital, and they're like go ahead and pray with people. People aren't always open, you know, so. But he let me pray with him, and it seemed like he was really encouraged because he was really scared. I could tell he was really scared before we prayed together. But, um, yeah, it was it was cool. So, like, the Lord gave me the courage to step out and pray at work for somebody who was sick. So I encourage other people to do the same. Very cool. All right. Anybody else? You have a, have a testimony, a risk, or... Anything that you'd like to share? Jessica. Um, we found out that our neighbor's husband passed. And she's pretty well kept to herself, no matter what kind of, hey, how you doing? Um, and so since her husband passed, I felt one day I was making dinner, and I felt I should make double. And so I brought it over, and her countenance totally changed. Um, didn't want to hug or anything which is fine, but you could see that there was something was chiseled away. And then um, this past week was a really rough week at school, the return, and um, I felt like the Lord said, make cookies, so I made them super fast <laughs> and brought them for both of their classes. And Asher's teacher, who's been having a really hard time, her response was fantastic. And so it was just a nice way to or nice to see how the Lord says simple things and how it incredibly blesses people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it is amazing when you just little, little things there, there, my mom used to sing this song there little as much when God is in it. And, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. He can use cookies or, or whatever else to be a blessing. So anyone else? 
This is good. And see, it doesn't have to be anything big. It can just be taking something over to your neighbor or, you know, just, okay? Well, hang on to that mic, Kenny. You, you can, you don't have to, to stand there. You can, you can, you can move. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. He, he, he just stopped. So, well, I'm beginning a new series today and it's called How It's Your Soul. It's going to last for about four weeks. And my goal for this series is to get us thinking about ourselves and our spiritual formation as we head into this new year. So this last week was our first full week of 2020. I guess, you know, we know that. Kids went back to school. Maybe if you were on break and you, I don't, I don't, let's see, Lindsay's a teacher. I don't see her right now, so I guess she's in the back. But it was, it, a lot of people went back to work. Things started picking back up. How was your first week of 2020? Huh? Up, down, yeah, okay. Now, did, did anyone make New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Trissy did? Okay. And, and, and that, that's awesome. I, I used to make all these resolutions, and I realized that I, I wasn't very good at keeping them, so, so I, I, I kind of lowered my expectations. Well, if you, if, if you made a resolution, and of course it's, it's early in the year, Trissy, this is going to be more directed toward you. How is it holding up? Good? So, I mean, it's, it's been a week. I mean, you can't really, hopefully you haven't messed up a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is true for all of us. Every year we start out with the new year. Even though we, we don't make resolutions, we start out with a lot of hope and promise. Whether it's the desire to lose weight or begin an exercise program, to pick up a new hobby, to work a little less, maybe spend a little bit more time with your family, or draw closer to God, it doesn't take long for reality to set in. If anything is going to change, it's going to take effort on our part to make it happen. Would you agree with that? And along those lines, I think we know that change is hard. And it's a little bit harder for those that really don't like to change. There are some who are a little bit more comfortable with it, but even for those folks, it's not necessarily easy. If we feel dissatisfied and want to make a change, we have to remember that we didn't get there overnight. You know, I... I the first time that I went out and played softball, I, and this was after several years, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like I did whenever I was 18. You hit the ball, you take off running. And I found out about halfway down the line that my legs weren't prepared for me to take off running. 
and I'm stumbling around and I'm, I'm, you know, my legs are all cramped up and I'm writhing in pain. Well, it, I, I had to realize that I didn't get so out of shape overnight. And for me to get back into shape was going to take a little work. Our eating and exercise, our work and leisure habits, they weren't developed in a vacuum. Every habit that we have is the result of decisions that we made, either proactively or reactively to real circumstances that we encountered while living life. Jean-Paul Sartre, if I said that right, famously said, we are our choices. Consequently, making different decisions and changing habits are necessary to affect change. But change can be really difficult, especially if our habits are more addictive in nature. How many of you like sweets? Have you gone through withdrawal since the holidays ended? Well, in our house, we still have sweets left over, so, so we're, we're, we've still got a little, little ways to go yet. Well, in the 1950s, there was a plastic surgeon who later became a university professor by the name of Maxwell Maltz. He discovered in his practice that whenever a patient had an operation, like a nose job or a facelift, some kind of amputation, some kind of thing that there was a physical change to a patient. Huh? Yeah, I did. I, I, I realized that when I said it. Like, yeah, a- amputation. Yeah, it, that's, that's probably not what you do whenever you're a, a plastic surgeon. So just forget I said that. Yeah. It took these patients about 21 days to get used to seeing their new features. And while testing his theory, he noticed that it took him about the same time, roughly three weeks, to get adjusted to this new habit or break an old one. So as a result of his extensive research, which really wasn't so extensive at the time, he wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. And one of the key points was the observation regarding setting habits. Well now, decades later, and we're talking it's the 50s, so like the 90s, Malt's work is regularly cited by nearly every self-help professional from the late Zig Ziglar. Does anybody remember that name? Brian Tracy. Anybody? That that was a new one for me. And Tony Evans. You know, Tony with the big chin. He's a big dude. That was mean. Well, each of these guys have said... And, and, it's, and it's also appeared in their books that it takes 21 days to form a new habit. Well, and it was based on this research by Maxwell Maltz. Well, in another study, Philippa Lally, a researcher from University College London, published a study in the European Journal of Social Psychology. She took part in examining the habits of 96 people over a 12-week period 
And participants chose to implement one habit over 12 weeks that ranged from drinking more water over the course of the day to running multiple times per week. And the study came to this conclusion. On average, it takes more than two months for a new behavior, behavior to become automatic. 66 days to be exact. And how long it takes a new habit to form can vary widely depending on the behavior, the person, and the circumstances. In Lally's study, it took anywhere from 18 days to 254 days for people to form a new habit. Now, I hope you get the picture of what I'm trying to say. Our habits will not change without our effort to change them. And ultimately, if we don't want to want to make the changes that we say we want to, then it's ultimately because we didn't want to change as bad as we thought we did. That makes sense? Change is not easy. And to quote one of those better-known self-help guys that I mentioned just a few moments ago, Tony Robbins, he said, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Hey, look at that chin. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you might have come into 2020 with a desire to grow in your relationship with God. And you might have told yourself... You're going to read the Bible and pray or have a quiet time every day. Maybe you told someone else so they can hold you accountable. I, I, I'm just curious, if, if did anybody make a resolution maybe like that, that I, I want to read the Bible more or pray or, okay. Well, how's that going? So-so? Well, we need to understand that if we want to grow spiritually... Spiritual growth isn't going to just happen to us. You know? Lord, help me grow. Spiritual growth comes as a result of an intentional daily pursuit of intimacy with Jesus. It doesn't happen by accident. Now, let me just clarify. I'm not talking about starting just another habit. You can approach reading the Bible like a, in devotional quiet times like any other habit. I used to do this. I had a whole list of, of things that I, I, I had to check off. And if I didn't check them off, then, you know, I, I, I felt like I had to go back and make them up. And so I'm just reading through them, just trying to cram them all in because, you know, I, I, I told myself I was going to do this today. Well, if it just becomes another habit you might miss the point and decide to do something else. I mean, you're not really getting what you could be getting from it. It's supposed to give us life. And if it's just another habit, then what's the point? However, if your desire to, is to draw closer to God and develop a closer, more intimate relationship with Him, then developing that kind of habit is life-giving and transformational. And it can become like a new rhythm for living life. And if you're in a place where you're reading Scripture 
in prayer, in intimacy with God is a struggle. I just want to tell you, don't allow shame or frustration to keep you from pursuing that kind of relationship with God. I want to encourage you to keep pressing in because God will meet you. Just as the Apostle James said, in James 4.8, come close to God and He'll come close to you. And this is kind of how it works. When we take a step, He meets us. It's not like He's comparing, okay, if you took one step, then I'm just going to take one step. He meets us when we just take the initiative to meet with Him. So it's with that kind of idea that I want to start this series and I want to begin it with us taking a personal inventory and asking ourselves, how is your soul? And I want each of us to examine your life. Now, when was the last time that you took a moment, a deep breath, and allowed your heart, your soul, to tell you its condition. Ten minutes ago? Ten minutes ago? Well, yeah, you, you, you were having a moment over there, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for everyone else other than Deanna, love you, Deanna. When was the last time that you, that you got quiet? And you just allowed yourself, just, just in the presence of God, just to take an inventory. How am I doing? How am I feeling? What's going on? Because, you know, we know how life works. I mean, we go to one thing, we go to the next thing, and we're thinking about what needs to get done and about, about what we've got to do. And we can't stop long enough to let God fit into that equation. Or if we do, it's just kind of in passing. It's never really a, a, a time to settle. You know? Back in September, I think y'all all know that Danelle and I went to New Mexico. And on the way out there, we discovered that the farther you go west in, in Texas, the worse your cell signal gets. <laughs> At least if you're a carrier sprint like ours is. And so we, we stopped off at the Paladero Canyon, no coverage, absolutely none. And then we got back on the road, and then we went up in the Red River area, and we got up there in our campsite. If you held your phone right outside of the tent, you might get roaming, but that was about it. Now, the idea of going out into the woods is not to check where your, your cell coverage is. The idea, hopefully, is when you get out there, to forget about the electronics and just focus on being out in the wild, right? Well, we got to be there for a little over a week. And, you know, and after we just realized, you know, forget about the phone, turned it off. It would, and half the time it was, it was on airplane mode just so that we could tell what time it was. But after a week, I mean, and, and I, I, th I think I showed you all some of our pictures 
But our campsite had a, had a river that ran through it. And in, in, at night, when everybody got quiet, you could hear the river running. And we were camping in a tent, so you can hear everything that's going on at the campsite. And after six, seven, maybe eight days, I can't remember how long we were gone, but I felt myself reset. I felt, it, I, I, I feel good. I think I'm ready to go home now. Of course, part of that too was we, it, it was getting down in the 30s at night. And so uh, it started, started, felt like we were getting some kind of chest cold or something from breathing in all that cold air. But being unplugged for that amount of time was refreshing. And, and during that time, we, we, we did a lot of reading, we did a lot of talking, we did, we did a lot of sleeping, resting. Probably hadn't rested that much in, in, in years. But I could feel the reset. And, and what, I, what I'm getting to is, what, when you get quiet, what is your soul trying to tell you? Because... If we get quiet, our soul will tell us what it needs. Our soul will tell us what we, what we crave. The psalmist said, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before Him? I don't know about you. I, this last year, I, I've I started taking walks where I, I just I I do more of my praying walking. I found out that I I, I I tend to work a little bit better when I'm moving. And after a few days, if I don't get to go for a walk, I, I start feeling it. And and it, and it's I I start this verse starts going over my head. When can I go and get alone with God? I need to get alone with God. I need to, find, to get to my place. And our souls long for intimacy with God, just like a deer longs for water. And have you ever noticed about animals that they don't have any problem with satisfying their appetites, right? If they're thirsty, you know, we, we, we've got a couple of cats, and if we, for some reason, don't fill up their water... They start trying to get into the toilet because they're thirsty. Now I know that sounds gross, but but that that's you know they, they don't know anything else to do. They, they're thirsty and they they want water. And our souls are like that. They're craving intimacy with God. So I want to just just share with you what I feel like are, are just a few practical things that can help us to care for our soul as we as we enter into 2020. And I'm going to share these, these real quickly. But the first one, and I think this is the most important, this is the one that I found out this last year, to make space, and by that meaning, time and a place for quiet time to allow for reflection and for contemplation. In other words, give God space where He can speak to us. Now these are, this, preferably, this is when the electronics are turned off. You can't really do this with a TV going in the background. But just a quiet 
place. And we sang the song this morning. It comes from the, the Psalm 46, and it says, Be still and know that I'm God. Elijah taught the story of Elijah. You remember he he was he was on the run and he's 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 trying to get away from Jezebel. She's chasing him down. And so the Lord comes by and he does all these crazy things. You know, there's the, there, there's the earthquake and there's all the, all the stuff that's going on outside the cave. But the one time that Elijah actually covered his face and then moved out of his cave was whenever he heard the still, small voice of the Lord. And in order to hear that voice, we've got, to, we, we've got to try to get away from the things that will drown it out. Because our culture will drown out that voice. Another thing is, is to pray frequently. And, and I, I just wrote here, make prayer your rule, not the exception. You know what, you, I, I've met people near my life, you probably have too. Well, I'm not a praying person. I, 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 don't, I, I don't pray. I think the Lord knows my heart. Well, He wants to know your heart. And He knows your heart already, but He wants you to share your heart with Him. And He wants to share His heart with us. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, told the church at Thessalonica... Never stop praying. In the early 20th century, right around the turn of the century, there was a, a preacher by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. He was originally a, a plumber, and the Lord called him to be a preacher, and so he became a preacher. And he was known for being fiery. And he, he even said, you know, I wasn't a nice person before, but the Lord changed me. But he was still pretty pretty fiery. And one of the things he said was, I rarely pray more than a few minutes, but I rarely go a few minutes without praying. And prayer is that lifeline where we're, we're in touch with God. And we don't have to, this is one of the things we talk about in the vineyard, you don't, you don't you really don't have to close your eyes because you can actually see God doing things if you got your eyes open. Another thing is to read and study Scripture. We need to get God's Word inside of us. Because you know what? Our culture's not going to do it for us. Have you noticed how, like, whenever, you know, you've got this, this series that's based on the Bible, you know, the, the, the gospel according to whatever, or the, the Word, or what, whatever they call those, those series, they're always, they, they stray from Scripture. You know that? Have you noticed that when they're talking about Jesus, it's something different. It's like, well, well, that's not what happened. We can't depend on the culture to, to get it inside of us. We have to do it ourselves. And the psalmist said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then another place he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Well, how do we know which way to go unless we have His Word inside of us? Unless we're at least familiar enough to know where to find what we're, we're looking for. Another thing is to worship. 
with your spiritual community and to maintain accountable relationships. This is one of the things I was talking about last week. Remember? I was saying that I, the three things that I want us to do in, the, in this new year. The first thing was to commit to be part of a small group. How many of you signed up for a small group already? Okay. There's, there's room for everybody else. And we, we just talked about it. We're signed up, so we've got one more week. They're out here on the, on the coffee bar. But we need, we need to be involved and it's not so much the groups, it's the fact that you get to be involved with other people. That you get to build relationships, close, intimate relationships. Because, you know, we can come to church on Sunday, and we can rub shoulders with each other, and, oh, it's so good to see you, hug each other, and then go home. And we really haven't shared our lives yet. And being together in a small group, we can actually share our lives and share experiences. You know, we were... Tammy, she just stepped out, um, but she was talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago the cat that we prayed for in our community group. And, and we also prayed for, for your dog too, right, Brad? And so we, 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 we followed the, the progress of these animals in our group. Now, you, you might wonder what kind of group we had that we're so concerned about animals, but we're, we're sharing life together. And in sharing life together, those experiences, you know, that, that's what knits us together. and gives us an opportunity to get to know one another. And, you know, we, we share things that we're concerned about and we continue to pray for those things as we go forward. You know, that, that's sharing life. And then maintaining accountable relationships. I mean, do, do, do you have people in your life who, who will, you know... Call and check on you. How are you doing? You know, you, maybe I hadn't seen you in a couple of weeks. You know, what's going on? And in those, those, those kinds of relationships that we can encourage one another and lift each other up. Like the writer of Hebrews says in, in Hebrews chapter 10, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. See, we need, we need this, this opportunity where we can hang out and where we can get to know one another and where we can, we can have a chance to, to share life. And then another thing is to get involved in missional service. This was the other thing that I was talking about last week. You know, you're involved in a small group. Also get involved in a ministry so that you're, you can give back from what God's given you. This is where we do the stuff. This is, you know, with, this is our phrase in the vineyard, do the stuff, to be involved in the ministry. And it's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the pastor's wife. It's for all of us to be involved in ministry and to have our place where we plug in. And where we give back. Just as Jesus told his disciples on the day he ascended back to heaven. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the, the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this. I'll be with you always. Even until the end of the age. See, this is all stuff that we can do, and this is all stuff we can be part of. 
And so in this new year, I want to encourage us to do these things because if, if you do these things, make these changes, make your decisions to do these things, to be part of what God is doing here in our body, then you're going to find that you're growing. You're going to find that, that your relationship with Jesus is, is maybe better than it was last year or, or the year before. And the truth is, God wants to meet with us more than we can imagine. He's waiting. You know, the, the scripture says, I stand at the door and I knock. I mean, that, that's not just the, whenever we came to Jesus, but he's, he's standing at the door wanting to spend time with us, wanting that communion with us. And in order to be able to do that, we have to make those changes in our lives so that we can, we can spend that time with Him and draw closer to Him. And I think if we do that, this year will be unlike anything we've ever experienced before. And it all comes down again just to say yes. So, I want to I end by, I want us to wait on the Holy Spirit. I don't want it to just to get, just to be old hat about doing this, but I, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to, to minister and, 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 and do what He wants to while we're here together. So if you would, just, just for a moment, just, just quiet yourself. Holy Spirit, come and minister to your church. There you go. In our faith, the Lord talks about being children of God, which basically translates down to shed, shed your adult problems and everything and become receiving of the simple things of God. And the Spirit keeps telling me this message is the highest place on earth is still at Jesus' feet. So if you ever want to be close to God, get on your knees and be at Jesus' feet because that's where the highest place on earth is anywhere you are. All right. Brad? Since Dave shared that, I guess I'll share what, I'm, what I was thinking. Just this morning, I just was watching the little ones, the kids playing right here in the, in the aisle and making all the noise and running around. And, and I just I looked at that, and it, it's like, other people can say, that really annoys me. That bothers me. But I actually enjoyed it, and then I actually just felt like God was saying, that's what it's about. Do you know how interested I am in these little ones? And unless we are like little children. And he said, if you, unless you receive the kingdom like a child... Thank you, Brad. Anyone else? Let's get you away from that, that speaker, so. I feel like the I've I feel like I've been talking about the same person for a few weeks now, but I feel like you've still not let God into your life. I don't know why. Just let God take control of you. Let him take control of your life. 
so he can actually help you. He can't help you if you don't let him. So. All right. Okay. Listen to listen to the young man. If the Lord's if the Lord's on your on your trail, just go ahead and give in. Anybody else? Well, I I had a and I try to do this whenever I'm preparing. I feel like just some basic ideas that um, I just there there's somebody you feel like you're in a rut and maybe it's it's been this way for a while maybe it's just been recently but you feel like you're in a rut and you're trying to do everything you know you're doing everything everybody's told you to do and it just doesn't seem to work and the Lord. I feel like the Lord just wants to tell you that, and maybe this this might be what what Asher's saying too is is instead of trying to do it yourself, maybe letting go and just giving yourself over to the Lord and what what He wants for your life. Um, but I, I want to I want to end our. Our, our service together by by praying for anyone who who, who might need prayer, and if you're if it, whether it's it, you've you're in this place and you're you're resisting whatever God's wanting to do, or you're in a rut, or maybe that you're maybe you you want to to have the childlike faith again to trust and and. And hope again in what, what Jesus can do in your life. I want to give you an opportunity to receive prayer today. So can we stand together? Holy Spirit, I invite you to come. You're here with us already, but I ask you to come and just increase your presence in this room. Lord, speak to us and remind us of your love for us. If you feel dry and thirsty, if you feel like you're in a rut, in a place where you're, you're almost fighting with, with the Lord and His tugging on your heart, I want you to come and receive prayer this morning.
Maybe it'll, it, it might be difficult to step out from your seat, but I, I want you to, to come and receive prayer. And I want to, I want to pray with you. See to it that somebody prays with you. Don't go home without allowing yourself to feel His presence, to draw close, to, to, to let Him in. Holy Spirit, come. If you need prayer this morning, I want you to invite you here to the front.